0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, April 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Uber lowers its share price pitch. Amazon plans to offer one-day shipping. And merger talks between Germany's two largest banks have fallen apart. Plus, a divided Spain heads to the polls this weekend. The FT's Ian Mount will tell us what to expect. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Today, Uber is set to disclose key details about its highly anticipated market debut, the number of shares it's planning to sell, and at what price. Sources tell the FT that the ride-sharing service is planning to pitch investors an initial share price between $44 and $50 apiece. This is lower than the $48 to $55 range that Uber previously told some investors. At the revised range, Uber's IPO could give the company an initial valuation of between $80 billion and $90 billion. That would rank Uber as the second largest IPO by a U.S. tech company, next to Facebook's in 2012. Uber and its lead underwriters, Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs, all declined to comment on the price range. It's expected that the company will begin trading on the New York Stock Exchange in early May. Amazon plans to make product shipping faster for prime customers. It's betting that by offering faster delivery, it'll encourage customers to do more of their shopping on its website. During the company's earnings call on Thursday, the e-commerce giant says it hopes to whittle its two-day free shipping program down to one-day free shipping. But it'll come at a cost. Amazon is going to spend $800 million in the second quarter. The move is expected to weigh on operating profit during that time. But the company did not give a time frame for when it expects the one-day shipping feature to be available to members. And Amazon didn't go into which items would be eligible for one-day shipping either. Prime members in some places, such as the UK, already get that feature by default. This announcement came as Amazon said its net income more than doubled to $3.6 billion in the first three months of the year. That was thanks to lower-than-expected costs. Revenues, on the other hand, were up just 17%. It was the lowest year-on-year sales growth since the first quarter of 2015. As for the current quarter, Amazon says it expects net sales to rise in the range of 13 to 20 percent. Amazon shares traded up about half a percent late on Thursday at $1,912 apiece. Merger talks have collapsed between Deutsche Bank and Commerce Bank. The two banks said there were too many hurdles to justify a complex deal that would have formed the Eurozone's second-largest lender, one with $1.8 trillion in assets. Both Commerzbank and Deutsche Bank have been struggling ever since the global financial crisis and had looked at a merger to cut costs and stem revenue losses. So what's next for Germany's two biggest listed lenders? Italy's Unicredit and Dutch lender ING have expressed interest in Commerzbank, The future is a little murkier for Deutsche. It will probably have to make even deeper cuts to its barely profitable investment bank. It's also looking to restructure its retail operations, but that won't show meaningful results until 2021. Deutsche was due to report first quarter earnings today, but the bank rushed out part of its report a day early. While profits were ahead of expectations, revenues for its corporate and investment bank were down 14% compared with the same period last year. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. Tens of thousands of protesters gathered in Madrid back in February, calling for the ousting of Spain's Prime Minister, Pedro Sánchez. And with Sunday's general election, Spain might have that opportunity. Sánchez, whose socialist government had been in power for just eight months,
1: called for the election. Why? In large part because the Catalan nationalist and Catalan Separatist Parties wanted to extract a referendum on Catalan independence. That's the FT's Ian Mount in Madrid. When Mr. Sanchez refused to do so, they withdrew their support of his budget for 2019. It became obvious that government was untenable at that point, and that's when uh, Pedro Sanchez called for snap elections. So Ian, why does this election hold so much weight? This is the first time that Spain's had five national parties that are viable. It's also the first time that it's had a far right party in the mix. It's the first time that it has a government that will obviously be a coalition. That there will be there's no really no chance of a one party majority. Spain has a almost exclusively single party majority, or single party helped to a very small degree with a second party since its return to democracy forty years ago. It's also important because the possible governments that come out of this have very different ideas of what Spain should look like, from everything from immigration policy to to taxes. I mean, the left is looking to raise taxes on high earners and banks, for example, while the right wants to see a significant tax cut. How has the country become so polarized? When the Catalan separatist parties held a referendum on independence that was previously declared unconstitutional and illegal, and following that made a declaration of independence. This raised or sort of a kind of Spanish nationalism, largely across the spectrum, but especially on the right. And this energized the far-right Vox Party. It won a good number of seats in regional elections in Andalusia, helped push out the socialists from power there after 30-something years. And, um, kept snowballing on that success. So it has to do with the rise of right-wing conservatism, but that rise has been in response to the, the Catalan separatism movement. What's the expected outcome? The expectation is that Pedro Sánchez's PSOE socialists Will win the largest number of seats with around 30 percent of the vote. The traditional center-right People's Party (PEPE) will win maybe 20 percent. The Ciudadanos will get around 15. The anti-establishment leftist uh, allies of the Socialist Podemos party should win around 12, maybe 13, and Vox around 11. Now, people don't really know about Vox because it's such a new party that they have no historical data to show how accurate their polling data is so Fox could have a huge breakthrough. There could receive far less than polls are showing. It's really that's really up in the air. The issue is that at the end of the day, the two parties on the left and the three on the right will both have significant number of seats, but are likely to fall short of a majority either on the right or left. Whatever, whatever outcome it's gonna be it's likely to be very hard to form a government
0: You can hear more from Ian on the upcoming elections in Spain on another Financial Times podcast. It's called FT News in Focus. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Go to ft.com for more on all of today's stories. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasek.